Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, Justin Baker, my co-host. I it is true, the rumors, the reality. I have returned from the land of milk and ice. Milk and ice. Iceland. Isn't Iceland green? <laughs> well, you know, there's still a giant glacier in the middle of it. So it is still ice. I mean, they weren't lying that much. I always heard as a kid that like, oh, the Vikings, you know, they named it Iceland so people wouldn't go there. They named it Greenland so people would go there and then they'd get there and be totally screwed over. Uh, But Iceland's pretty cold too. Um, So a lot has happened since I I was gone and you you recorded a nice solo episode on the Red Wings. I enjoyed that. Thank you. And uh, we will be getting to the Red Wings as well as every team across the league. Sometimes we ignore certain teams, uh, whether it's just neither one of us gets a chance to uh, to watch them very often, or it's just that uh, you know if a team's struggling, sometimes it's not as fun to talk about them, and we tend to gravitate to. There's probably eighteen or twenty teams that I think you naturally gravitate to and there's other 10 or 11 where it's unless they do something newsworthy you don't really talk about them so today on the show we want to hit every single team how does that make you feel justin i'm excited actually all right yeah all right good good uh now the way the way we'll do it we're just going to go reverse order in each division we're going to hit each team 90-ish seconds. If we only spend 15 seconds on a team, it's it's because, I don't know, the the Red Wings are boring to talk about. So. And I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So, okay. Well, let's just, uh, we'll, we'll jump right in here. And uh, anything that, anything newsworthy going on, we'll just kind of hit it as we go through each of these teams. So, starting at the bottom of the Metropolitan Division, which this team actually was at the bottom of my Metropolitan Division rankings. I, I can't remember where yours were, but the New York Rangers. Yeah, I think we had the yes. Islanders and Rangers. Islanders, Rangers at the bottom. Flipped for each of us, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the New York Rangers have the second or third worst goal differential, a minus nine, and uh, definitely the worst in this division, tied with Philadelphia. But three, six, and one, Henrik Lundqvist has been really good. Nine two zero save percentage, that's more than acceptable. Is still only two five and oh and one two five and one. I don't know why on NHL like all the NHL.com team sites, mm-hmm. they have a win column, a loss column, and a freaking tie column. What the hell? <laughs> there hasn't been ties in the league for fifteen years. Wow. Why is that there? I don't know. I understand it being there for like. Uh, revert like stats of goalies that played before the lockout in 2005. Yeah. No, wait, did we have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when the shootout came in, right? So, mm-hmm. are there any goalies left that were playing before that? Was Lundqvist playing before that? I don't think oh, yeah. so. Was he? Yeah. Before 2005? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he was. Yeah. So, but I mean, for current statistics, why do we even have that there? I mean, remember back when when the standings would show, you know, it was like, oh, your team is 35, 16, 5, and 6. And there's the 4. <laughs> annoying, annoying. Uh, I suppose now there's that extra little overtime win column thing. But uh, and as a matter of fact, Henrik Lundqvist's rookie season was the year after the lockout. Wow. So Okay, I was wrong. He's uh, one of the older guys in the league at the goaltending position. So I think we're pretty safe to say... Off the top of my head, there's no goalies left. Roberto Luongo. Luongo. 
That's it. I was going to say maybe him or Renee or the two of the older Pecker, guys. Yeah, the yeah. So well, they might have a couple ties on their yeah. on their goaltending sheet. Anywho, so the New York Rangers uh, thoughts on the Rangers season thus far? Just keep doing what you're doing because let's face it, they're trying to rebuild. Um, I know they probably want Jack Hughes as much as all the other bottom feeding teams in the league. So just keep doing what you're doing. I, I the only thing I can say is figure out what kind of roster you want because from what I heard. Uh, Gosh, why can I never pronounce his name right? Nemestikov? Thank you. They're, they're thinking about trading him. <laughs> sure, They're sure. like, oh, it might not be part of our core because he's too old. And then they got Hayes, who they're like, oh, yeah, he's going to be part of our core. Well, he's the same age, so it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so, Nemestikov has been thrown onto the fourth line. Right. I mean, he has one assist through nine games. Uh, he's just not really finding a spot. You're absolutely right. And is a, an obvious guy to trade. Uh, UFA uh, coming over coming over in that uh, Ryan McDonough deal and so yeah I mean Nemestikov will be dealt I think a guy like Ryan Spooner too with one assist in nine games as well uh, not looking so hot but I think that that's just the fact that uh, you know they're, they're not getting the opportunities but at the same time a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk who signed a huge deal a couple years ago he has two assists through nine games so this team just not really scoring much uh, they have 25 goals through 10 games. So it's not like they're not scoring anything, but that's certainly uh, between not scoring a lot of goals and letting in 34 in 10 games, that'll do it to you. So uh, Rangers definitely struggling, but you're right. That's exactly where they want to be. The New York Islanders, seventh in that division at 3-4-1. and one. They have seven points. And thoughts on the John Tavares-less Islanders? John Tavares-less. Uh well, Philpola has made a pretty nice addition as a potential replacement. One of the, the few couple pieces they brought in. He's uh, he's looked pretty good. Honestly, six points, eight games. I'm not disappointed with his production. Uh, as far as the rest of the team goes, Matthew Barzell, fine. Bailey, great. Um, goaltending, still a little bit of an issue. They need to figure that one out a little bit. Um, I They've been rotating guys. I, Robin Lanner, he's got a 926. Grice, a 918 save percentage, so not awful. But their defense on the back end, which was what, you know, what's his face Trotz was supposed to fix, right. doesn't really seem to be working too well. They're still letting in a lot of shots. And yeah, does he have the personnel though? I mean, no. on defense, when you look at that defense, it's really Nick Letty, and and that's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, when you bring in Lucas Pizia, I mean, he's only played three games for them, but uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the the guys that are on this roster. Jordan Eberle has one goal through eight games. Uh, Andrew Ladd actually playing pretty decent. Yeah, not too two, bad. Two goals, two assists through five games. But uh, Anders Lee has two goals through eight games. Uh, yeah, Matthew Barzell only one goal in the first eight games. So that I mean, when I when I look at the Islanders, I know that there's a sense that they don't really want to rebuild. Which they signed Philpola, they signed Komarov, they they brought in some different pieces. They they traded for Matt Martin. Uh, this is a team that at least is trying to be somewhat competitive. And it seems like they maybe are on the cusp of, like they're not that bad, but I don't think they're that good. But if Barzell can get going and scoring some goals, maybe, you know, and, and a guy like Anders Lee, these, these guys that have been scoring 25, 30 goals, Eberle, uh, that could change the Islanders' fortune. And if they continue to get goaltending above a 92-0 save percentage, they should be in good shape. The Philadelphia Flyers, 4-6-0, uh, allowed 40 goals 
which is the most in the league by a fair margin by four, by four goals. The next by highest one. is thirty six goals that the Los Angeles Kings and the St. Louis Blues be Detroit actually with thirty nine. Oh, it is 39 yeah. for Detroit. Yeah. Well, okay. So 10 Still. games, 40 goals at Detroit, 9 games, 39 goals. So really they're worse. But uh, thoughts on, on this team? I think you just said it, goaltending. That's the issue here. Um, don't get me wrong. The defense hasn't helped much. But they two things they really need to do. I think, one, it's time to just bring up Carter Hart, see if he's capable, give him a few games. And two, I think it's time to either sign Wayne Simmons to a long-term deal or deal him to bring in some help on the back end. Though I don't think you're going to get a game-changing type defenseman, but honestly, at this point, like they need something back there. They could use a veteran guy maybe to come back and uh, provide a spark for them. I don't know. Racco Gudis isn't doing it for me, so. Well, sure. And and it doesn't help that the guy that they bring in to score more goals for them gets hurt in the second game of the season. Oh, of course, yeah. James Van Riemsdyk is who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, Brian Elliott with an 8.86 save percentage through eight games, and Calvin Pickard, who actually is two and one, so he's got a better record, uh, has a 4.75 goals against average and an 8.33 save percentage. Uh, but you're right, they they are being hung out to dry. Philadelphia playing a very loose style, and you have to wonder again. Dave Hackstall, head coach of the Flyers, that uh, he was on the hot seat. Early last year as well, if you remember, they were they were way way down in the standings, and then they had that mid season ten game losing streak, and then they yeah. turned it around. I think they went ten game losing streak, and then a similar winning streak mm-hmm. after that. So uh, this team definitely continues to be streaky, and they're on the wrong side of that streak right now. So, uh, but I mean, the good news is Claude Giroux still more than a point per game. So is Voracek. And if you can get a guy like Sean Couturier going, who only has three points through 10 games, then uh, maybe that's your, your solution. Okay. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, 4-2-1 and one with uh, nine points through only seven games. New Jersey has actually played the least amount of games in the National Hockey League. So sitting in fifth, but really two games in hand on Columbus, Washington, and Carolina and if they were to win their next game against the Florida Panthers, that would actually put them in second place in that division. So yeah. uh, obviously we're early in the season, so a lot of things can change as we go. But the New Jersey Devils so far, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, Taylor Hall, Kyle Palmieri look phenomenal. Don't do anything different with those two guys. Uh, and then the biggest thing for me right now with this team, do not turn the reins back over to Corey Schneider. Let Keith Kincaid keep riding this hot streak out. He's playing some great hockey, some great goaltending. Uh, and I know Corey Schneider right now, he's doing a conditioning stint. Don't put him back in the net when he comes back. Just give it to Keith. Okay. Uh, and I would say that in a very important, underrated piece of this Devils team was an acquisition that they made in the offseason, taking advantage of the Washington Capitals and essentially the Capitals forced to deal Marcus Johansson and he has, despite only having two points through seven games, really provided a third centerman for this team uh, to be able to you know, shift guys around. And he was hurt much of last year. And so uh, to see their depth at center improving because of him being healthy puts the Devils in a different category in my mind. They're, they're no longer just a one-line team. So it, it, points on the board aren't great but at the same time uh 
a guy who can play responsible defensively and will chip in. He he will do better than, I mean, what what would he be on pace for? Like fourteen points or something like that. He <laughs> he will do uh, or twenty twenty five points. I think he'll he'll probably end up more like forty, but uh, so not not crazy far off that pace. Okay, the Washington Capitals. Yeah, need defending to champs. The five on five play. Uh, you look at their top guys right now: Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Ovi, Carlson, um, all with more than a point per game. But it's all on the power play. Each of them, those four guys have eight or seven points each. And you look at the goaltending situation, right? Terrible numbers are all below 900, say, percentage Copley and Holpe right now. So fix the five-on-five play. I think that's going to be the key for them moving forward. Because like Philadelphia, they're playing a little bit loose hockey right now. Yeah, and uh, a guy like Christian Juice, who you know was kind of a, a key guy in the playoffs, kind of came to, came to the forefront uh, on defense, a guy who really not chipping in much again, five on five, uh, and e- even a Lars Eller, one goal through nine games, Brett Connolly, one goal through nine games. And, uh, that is really, that's, that's your difference there is if you can get those guys scoring, you're, you're further down the line, your third line guys and, any injuries happen, those guys are easily pulled up onto that second line. Uh, Five-on-five five play, though, has definitely been... Con- TJ Oshie has been the man yeah. for that yeah. team. So <laughs> eight five-on-five five points through nine games for TJ Oshie, which is phenomenal. Uh, okay, and uh, thus far, looking at the Capitals, do they look like they're going to contend for the Stanley Cup to you? Yeah, I think uh, so. I think. As long as the goaltending you know fixes itself and i think it, it will eventually um it wouldn't shock me to see them try to make a move for a backup goalie but right now i think it, they'll be fine the columbus blue jackets you uh heard an interesting little quote from john tortorella i did he you know rolling in here we uh i was listening to nhl radio and he was talking about how the league has turned into uh, you had the the quote pulled up i don't know if you want to read it real quick it's a little frustrating quite honestly the game's changed and for some dinosaurs that are in it it's frustrating, I have to admit it. And I mean it, and I'm not joking about it. It's really frustrating to me. In conversations on the ice amongst opponents, on a face-off, it's like a big hug fest sometimes. I don't know if they have so many meetings with this NHLPA. I like how he's like, with this NHLPA. <laughs> uh, whoever heard of that? this ridiculous club that all these bastards are in? Uh, and all that stuff that goes on, that wasn't a direct quote. No. Uh, but there's no hate, and I miss that. It frustrates the shit out of me, quite honestly. Uh, I ask my guys, pretend, just pretend. Listen, I know I'm kind of beating my head against the wall as far as where the game, where I want the game. I think our game has made some great changes, but damn, I miss the old school. I'm coming af- after you. And we'll have a beer after, but do we have to talk about it on the ice right now? Wow. There you go. Yeah. He, that was my best tour. He, that was good, actually. Was, Congratulations. I, I wasn't actually impersonating him. I guess I should have. <laughs> did a good job reading, should, though. Should have worked on that. Wow, yeah, you put the anger in there. But, yeah, so I, <laughs> like, I think a guy's like Tom Wilson, right, his hit when he came across and, and blindsided what's-his-face from St. Louis. I, I think, you know what? Okay. I think, you know what? Trade Artemi Panarin for Tom Wilson. <laughs> That would John Tortorella well. would have a hard on. Oh my gosh, he would love that, and I Thomas. think Washington would love that too. Well, um, well. <laughs> can you imagine Panarin and Ovi? Twelve and points Co- through nine games. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's ready to earn Set. his stripes. Yeah, so I, I I will admit I do miss a little bit of that that rough you know look out. This guy's gonna compound you if you hit our guy. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. 
Well, you know, it is what it is. The game's evolved a little bit to more of a finesse skill game, which is fine. I enjoy watching it, but again, I do miss a little bit. Uh, more towards the point, though, with Columbus, what I think they need to do, figure out what you're doing with Panarin and Bobrovsky, because frankly, I think both those guys are leaving. Figure it out now, soon, before you start get rolling and the team starts playing well, and then you're like, oh, do we really, we're, we're a, a decent playoff team. We could contend for a Stanley Cup. Do we want to trade these guys now and basically screw all that over? Because we're going to lose them for right. nothing. And, and all the, like, Bobrovsky looks so unhappy. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, through six games, an 8-7-2 save percentage. He hasn't had a good start. Uh, this guy's a professional. This guy is a multiple Vesna trophies. This it, He'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? Everybody, they, six game stretches that where you have a sub-900 save percentage, it's it's fine. Uh, I Maybe he's unhappy. Maybe it's time to trade him. But if you're the Blue Jackets, this is the first time you have a team where you like. You, you have to do something here. Yeah, you got to try to win eventually. You can't just trade your superstar because you're not sure if he's going to sign there. Maybe winning the cup will make him want to stay. So I say you got to go for it. Well, hey, Seth Jones is back, so that should help Bobrovsky save percentage. Yes, and the fact that they've been able to hang still at the top of that division despite. Missing who I would say is their best player, not Panarin. I think Seth Jones. Yep. Uh, I mean, only five and four, but uh, and allowing quite a few goals, thirty-four goals, but scoring thirty-one. So the Blue Jackets in pretty good shape and about to get their, one of their their best player back, and that that'll definitely help. Uh, okay, let's move on to the Carolina Hurricanes, who early on looked like we always thought they could do. <laughs> I knew they could do it. Your thoughts on the Hurricanes? Oh, I love this team. I'm, I'm glad they're playing well. I'm, I'm a little, I shouldn't say a little worried, but the goaltending situation, again, is still a little problematic for this team. Uh, Mrazek's been okay at times. And, I mean, let's be honest, Scott Darling's coming back from injury. I'm not sure how much of a boost that's going to be for the team. Hopefully, he plays like he was in Chicago, like this team expected him to play. That would be phenomenal. Uh, if there's anything else this team really needs to do, it's to figure out another centerman for this team because, frankly, I think once it gets down to crunch time and they actually do make the playoffs, they got to be able to, to you know keep up with the big boys like Pittsburgh and you know all these other teams that have great center death like Washington. and so. Yeah, there are few teams in the NHL who have a player at the very top of their salary structure with a salary of $6 million. Mm-hmm. That's Jordan Stahl at $6 million. The a next, third line center. The next highest is Dougie Hamilton at 575, Jacob Slavin at 53. And that's, that's it for players making over $5 million. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, 14 points through nine games, a restricted free agent at the end of the year. He, if, if he continues a even just a point per game pace, ends up with eighty points. Yeah, he's going to get paid well over seven million. Yep, and will become the highest paid player on that team. I think they're prepared to do it. They have the space. Yeah, and he's uh, he's a good long term player for that team. He's the kind of guy you want to be the face of a franchise type. Uh, I, I say eight million dollars is what he's going to get. So eight, eight yep. would be a lot for that restrictive. But yeah, that'd be that'd be uh, for a guy who. You know, I don't know if people expected him to be this good, and he's been great so far. Okay, uh, number one in this division, only one loss in regulation through eight games, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Won three in a row, beat the Calgary Flames 
into freaking submission with a Dude. 9-1 win Thursday night. That's an uh, epic beatdown. Evgeny Malkin, 15 points in eight games. Kessel with 12. Latang, who you said was all done with yeah. 11. And Crosby really slacking with uh, t- only 10 points and uh, winning 55.75% of his faceoffs. Yeah, we say slacking. And he didn't even score his first goal until a couple games ago, which everybody was freaking yeah. out about. Yeah. Oh, and let's talk about, okay, Pittsburgh doing very well. Yes. Very well. But here is where, to me, they're at some point are going to come back down to earth a little bit. I, I actually I don't think that they're quite this good. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, 21.4% shooting. Phil Kessel is shooting 30%. Wow. Latang 16. Crosby, 15, which that's actually probably reasonable. Uh, Hornquist, 16.7. Getzel, 23.8. And Jamie Alexiak, 21.4. Uh, those are all. The, and Dominic Simon, all shooting over. Uh, he's shooting 11.1. So all those guys shooting over 11. 11.1%, if not in the 20s. Uh, and Phil Kessel in the 30s. So, I mean, that's just, it's unsustainable. So if all those back off to a more sustainable level, I think this team maybe they don't score quite as many goals. And despite the fact that Matt Murray has been okay, I mean, he's he's 4 and one a 9-1-0 save percentage, has still been letting in the odd goal mm-hmm. uh, that he really shouldn't. And so, and, and Casey DeSmith to me, He's he's started three games and uh, he's one zero and two, but I don't think that he's your long. He's not your he's not your guy. Casey DeSmith no. isn't the guy that's going to play in the playoffs. And so Matt Murray, he's, he's still a little bit of a question mark to me. Yeah, as I to would how agree. well he can play. I'm still of the the mindset, and I think I've I've said this in one of our previous casts, but I think they need to go out and find you know a veteran backup, maybe a, a Kari Lightning, and give him a call and see if he still wants to play some hockey. Um, I'm not sure if he's playing over in Europe or what. I haven't really been keeping up on him, but find something just because I I don't trust Casey to Smith long term, and Matt Murray's injury history just worries me a little bit. Okay, the Detroit Red Wings one six and two four lonely points. Bottom of the league, somehow even worse than the Los Angeles Kings, allowed the second most goals in the league and have scored the third least amount of goals in the league. Only 20 goals through nine games. Uh, they've won their one game on the road. And this team, I, I'm I'm just going to defer to you because they're your team. Well, okay. So if you listen to the last cast, I'm sure you got a pretty good rundown of my thoughts on the Red Wings. Not much has changed in in the few days since. Um, got a lot of good young pieces. Cholowski, Larkin, Anthony Siu. It's time to sell the pieces that can get you a good return for future considerations. Nyquist, um, you know, Thomas Vanek, you can convince him to waive his no-trade clause. Uh, maybe even a team like Pittsburgh to make a play for Jimmy Howard. Maybe, you know, eat some of that salary and say, hey, we... You know, throw us a third round pick and we'll we'll send you Jimmy Howard or so. I I have no idea, but uh, try to bring some assets back. Let this team tank out and try to get Jack Hughes, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, and I mean Rasmussen, no goals in eight games. Abdulkader, no goals in nine games. Mantha, one goal in nine games. Helm, one goal in nine games. Vanek with two in nine. Franz Nielsen, none in nine games. 
uh, I mean, this is, it's just, it's brutal. Dylan Larkin has four in nine games. He's your so leading goal scorer. He's, he's your, he, I mean, it, Larkin's fine. He's, he's doing nothing wrong there. And, and he's, his shooting percentage is, is pretty normal for a player of his caliber of 14%. Uh, so, and funny thing, Vanek shooting well over you know, two goals. So, yeah, this this team just they're they're quite boring to watch. Unfortunately, they they can't score. They're hemmed in their own zone. It's really fun to go to a game mm-hmm. when you're cheering for the other team, <laughs> like the Toronto fun. Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah, actually, that game the the Wings made it pretty fun because they managed to keep it close. But uh, they play the Winnipeg Jets tonight, so. Good luck. They're going to get trounced. Good luck with that. Uh, the Florida Panthers, 2-3-3 three, and three to start the season. They do get their overtime win against the New York Islanders a couple nights ago. Uh, this team, we expected them to make the playoffs. And so far, they have kind of floundered. What are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, you know what? I, I think this has a lot to do with the goaltending more than anything else right now. Healthy Roberto Luongo would be great. Um, James Reimer hasn't really looked like himself, like himself over the last well, couple of years. Or he has looked like himself. Or maybe he This has. is himself. Yeah, yeah this maybe is it just, is. This is yeah. true identity. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but I think he's much more capable than this. Um, yeah, I, I think more than anything else, they just the goaltending needs to correct itself a little bit. I, I, I need a little bit more out of Aaron Ekblad. And... Uh, I'll, yeah. t- I'll tell you what is, uh, I mean, the fact that you have a guy like, I mean, you've got Dadanov, he's got nine points. I mean, he's playing great. Trocek playing great, eight points. I mean, ever, all the guys that are supposed to be putting up points are putting up points. Mm-hmm. It really is just a huge drop off after you go Hoffman, Bukestad, and then it's, I mean, everyone else is just a couple of points each. And, defensively they are just very weak yeah and i think if you're an an opposing team and you can just take care of those top two lines teams win because they get production from the third and fourth line they get guys that chip in and when your guys aren't chipping in you can't produce yeah and ekblad with only two points through eight games that that doesn't help either uh now one one thing the the panthers have only played eight games other teams have played 10 and so you know they get a couple wins out of there and and they're right back in the thick of things but uh just a slow start and we saw what a slow start did to them last year mm-hmm. and really it was because of a, Lu- a luongo injury is it time to start considering the fact that luongo is just he's not going to play more than 35 games and hopefully we'll be ready for the playoffs and you need another 1b option and it's not james reimer yeah, uh, and maybe like I said with Pittsburgh, this is the time to go after Jimmy Howard in Detroit and say, "Hey, because Jimmy Howard put is putting up decent numbers, but unfortunately, like Luongo, he has been prone to injuries over the last few years." Sure, so, sure. yeah, you do know. you want to have two guys prone to injury? Right. Okay, Ottawa Senators a little bit better than we thought they would at four, three, and one. That Eric Carlson trade is paying off with Chris Tierney putting up some points, though. Yeah, nine play, through yeah. eight games just ridiculous but thomas shabbat how about this kid surprising like i expected him to be pretty good but 10 points through eight games your leading scorer uh he and matt duchene are doing pretty dang good mark stone the guys are at the top where i thought they would be brady kachuk is looking good so far for this team six points through four games hopefully we'll see him in a little bit a few more games and uh yeah i think it's it's time to decide if you're gonna try to rebuild or you're you're gonna move forward with this team because matt Matt Duchesne not locked up yet to a long-term deal. Um, you know, he's the one guy I think if you can't get him locked up, it's time to say rebuild. 
like full on sell everything. Yeah, you, yeah, you have to now. And and one, I guess, I guess one positive. Bobby Ryan looks like he could end up with forty five points. That'd be he's great. He's got five points through eight games, only one goal, but he's contributing on a little bit on the power play. Uh, I think that that would go a long, long way. I mean, he had 33 points last year, 25 the year before. Hasn't been able to stay healthy. Only played 62 games per season. And so uh, a healthy Bobby Ryan playing at 75% of what he maybe used to be is still a pretty serviceable player. And since he has to play because of how much you're paying him, at least, uh, at least he's providing some offense. The Buffalo Sabres six and four just beat the Montreal Canadiens last night in a comeback win. What are your thoughts so far on this young Sabres team? Um, to be quite honest, uh, they need some help on the back end more than anything. I think they need a little bit more production back there. Uh, they're getting production up front from their top guys. I think Kyle Ocposo is looking better than he was last year. Obviously, I I think hopefully he can continue that. Uh, Jason Pomneville, another guy who I didn't expect a ton out of, but he's producing right now, which is great for this team. And you got a lot like Jeff Skinner, five goals, five assists through 10 games is, yeah. is exactly what you needed from him. And uh, Jack Eichel helping to really not revitalize his career, but give him a, maybe a, a new look in the way that he's and who he can play with because he's often been played with lesser centers. Mm-hmm. Now playing with an elite center uh, is really changing his game. He uh, and he's he's shooting pretty well too. Uh, the fact that Darlene has he, Darlene has been good. He's been good. He's been yeah. But okay, he's shown some. He's he's showing that he's a rookie. And no matter how highly touted you are and how skilled you are, you still this game is played at a, a faster speed. And through ten games, he looks good. But I'm not, you know, I'm not putting his name down as rookie of the year, no, or anything at this point. No, but this is a guy that I think that 40 games in, we're going to start talking about him more often because oh. I think that he's he just needs time to adjust to the speed. I mean, how many how many defensemen come into the league and in the first 10 games they look unbelievable? I mean, we're we're talking about Tom Shabbat. Mm-hmm. He played a, a lot last year, yeah, and uh, you know the Senators were pretty careful about. Playing yeah, him early, him but he played late, and now coming in with a, a season of pro under his belt in the in the AHL as well, the Senators' prized defenseman looks real good, and yeah. so sometimes it just takes a takes a hot minute. Okay, uh, moving on from the Senators to or mean Sabers <laughs> to the Montreal Canadiens sitting at five two and two. I don't, I don't think anybody expected this. No, no. Not at all. They're, these guys are getting production from guys that I was not expecting production from. And one of the guys, like I talked about in the podcast, Thomas Tatar, eight points through nine games, a guy that I was maybe expecting to go 40-ish, 50 points maybe for this team at best. Paul Byron, seven points through nine games. Nobody would have called that at all. Um, Max Domi looks looks good. Hopefully with Alex Galchenyuk coming back from injury now he's going to start playing with arizona hopefully he doesn't make this trade look like just a head scratcher but yeah max Domi finally looks like the guy that everybody thought that he could be like three years ago everyone was talking about max Domi mm-hmm. being a, a top line winger on that left side for arizona and now he comes to montreal and i mean he uh yeah he's he's tearing it up four yeah. goals and nine games really really solid the scary thing is is with all this production surprise production they're getting up front I mean, again, Jeff Petrie, nine points, nine games. 
Uh, Carey Price, pretty mediocre numbers right now. If he picks those up to Carey Price-esque type numbers, even a 9-15 save percentage, this team could be a, a serious threat for the playoffs. Yeah, and Cook Kanyemi is yet to score a goal. So right. for all the people that threw the first couple games, especially there was that game against Toronto and everyone, oh, Cook Kanyemi, he's going to be the guy. He uh, He's yet to score a goal. So we'll, we'll see if, uh, you know, sometimes there's those guys with a lot of skill and it takes them a little while to find you know that elite level shot or that you know the the elite level uh, ability to finish yeah and so obviously still looking for some from him uh okay tampa bay six one and one they are third in this division in reality they are first uh they're two games in hand one point back of both the, both the leafs and the bruins what can be said about the tampa bay lightning other than their top players aren't producing the way that we thought they would and they're still unbelievable yeah yeah that's that's what happens when you have this kind of depth because you're getting guys like yanni gord as your top scorer alongside jt miller and kucherov i mean i i was almost ready to drop jt miller and and fantasy and then uh well, I, I should say my other fantasy league that I'm not with OT Hockey Talk, but um, you're in another league. I, I am Son cheating on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Steven Stamkos, four points in eight games. Their top guys need to pick it up a little bit. I, I shooting only four percent. Yeah, so that that'll change. That's yeah, that's going to change exactly. But um, I mean, at the same time, you got to like you got to look at that and you go, okay, you you've shot the puck what twenty five times through mm-hmm. eight games. So he's got about three shots on goal per game. Uh, a player like Stamkos needs to be up five, six shots a game. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so he, to me, he's not getting the opportunities. Uh, and that directly plays into the power play where he has two points in eight games through this point. And so they'll figure out the power play and then away he goes. Goaltending, ridiculously good right now. Yeah, Vasilevsky looks <laughs> looks dirty. What a nine four one save percentage. And not only uh, what game was I watching? Colorado, mm-hmm. Colorado, Tampa. It wasn't even. It's it's not like his saves are okay. You know, because Tampa's got such a great defense. You think well, teams are just taking a lot of shots from the blue line, and any chance they get, the any circle. open space they get, they're shooting. Which you know, some we know that sometimes that can lead to a higher save percentage because teams are they're losing against Tampa, Quality so they're taking shots. more shots. Yes, exactly. But man, was he making some. Uh, some fast reflexive saves that uh, it, it just it looked like over and over again. Okay, here here it comes. Here's Colorado's gonna gonna open this right up, and he just wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't budging for a while. So that's uh, yeah, he looks fantastic. Okay, uh, is he your early early Vesna favorite then? I I don't know. We might get to your early Vesna favorite yeah, being I, the guy that you picked in the. <laughs> Actual thing. Okay, Boston Bruins. So far, 6-2-2, two two, 14 points, tied for first in this division. Uh, and doing it all with uh, Yaroslav Halak leaving, leading the way. He's got he's 3-0-2, a 1-4-3 goals against average, and a 9-4-5 save percentage with two shutouts. Is this Tuka, is this Tuka Rask's end and Yaroslav Halak coming back into 2010 form you know what i honestly it's surprising now maybe this makes okay boston we know they have a decent defense right it's never really been their achilles heel per se but 
I mean, now you look at Halak and he's like, okay, now he's got a decent defense in front of him removed from the island. Maybe he really was a decent goaltender and the defense in, in New York was that bad. Because hey, I mean, it was that bad. Yeah, it, it was that. It's bad. just bringing it to light now more. And I mean, we know that top line is dirty. They're gonna, you know, for Boston, they're gonna play like yeah, they always yeah. play. Those guys have forty-four points through ten games. I know it's disgusting. It's it's nineteen goals through ten games. They're basically scoring two goals per game. That line alone. That line alone is that's basically going. Okay, we need to score three goals per game. Well, that line already has two of them taken <laughs> care of. So. Anyone else score a freaking goal, we win the game, right? Yes, yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. And the way the goal, t- I mean, okay, I, I think yeah. at this point, if Halak keeps this up, it's pretty much going to be a 50-50 split down the stretch unless Tuka Rask starts to play really bad. Um, and when I say really bad, like he's he keeps going on a, a long stretch of games where he's like running 8-8 eight, eight save percentages well, and stuff And I like think that. that that's what you want. Yaroslav Halak, an older guy, what, 34, 35? He, yeah, he's and up so, there and and so is Rask, and so I think that that's Rask is what thirty three, and so I think that that's what you want. Yeah, you I, want to see these the guys plan. split split time, yeah. uh, and I mean Rask hasn't played that many games, so no. uh, he'll have he'll have plenty of opportunity to find his form. Okay, the top team in the Atlantic, the Toronto Maple Leafs, led by Austin Matthews, ten goals, tied for first with David Pasternak, and. Uh, Morgan Riley leading all defensemen with sixteen po- or fourteen points. Yeah, Matthews tied in points too with uh, Mister Bergeron. Mister Bergeron. Yeah. So you tell me, since this is your team, what do you think of this team? Okay, I'm going to give you uh, one, just one picture last year to this year, mm-hmm. and to me, this is going to this is going to be the difference between. I, I, I'm not ready to necessarily say this is a Stanley Cup winning team because their defense, uh, Nikita Zaitsev, doesn't look good. And there's just a lot of holes. Ron Hainsey is just, it's like he's just moving through cement, dry, like wet cement, cement. And it's slowly <laughs> drying on him. And he's soon going to be stuck. Uh, the difference between this year and last year showed its head against the Winnipeg Jets on Wednesday. It was 3 nothing Leafs, and the Jets score a goal, immediately draw a penalty, and they score a goal on the power play, and it's 3-2. Last year, I'm convinced, this team would have blown that lead. They would have given up a third, maybe gone to overtime, we'll see what happens, but they give up that lead because they just they got into this mode, and it's been the last few years they've gotten to this mode. They get a big lead, that's great, but other teams can chip away, and it's something in their head where they just can't seem to score that... Uh, you know that just that goal to go. No, no, we're not letting you do this. And on Wednesday night against the Jets, Mitch Marner and John Tavares went out on the ice. Just Marner grabs the puck, and it was like he just said, "This is this is done. Like we're done letting you come back into this game. This is our game." Took the puck, made a nice nasty move, and John Tavares. Sure, he didn't do much on the goal. It was a very Crosby-like goal where Crosby just always seems to be in the right place. Tavares is the same IQ level where it's like, hey, I know where to go. I use my power to get into positions. He was there to put home that rebound. And after that goal, the Jets really didn't do much. And so the biggest difference to me is that will of this is our game and those really excellent elite level teams when they start to give up a lead they just go score a goal themselves and and that to me is is the difference and so i'm hoping that that's a trend that they continue okay i will say this um kapanen looking pretty good oh yeah does this 
force, I shouldn't say force Kyle Dubas, but does it maybe put the thought in his head that, hey, as bad as, I shouldn't say as bad, but as poorly as Haynes he's been at times and the deficiencies we have on defense, now maybe with Kapanen playing so good, do we want to maybe move Nylander for a defense? Uh, I still think that they want Nylander. Okay. I still think they want him on the team. I think that the Leafs' left side is really Hyman and Marlowe, and after that is much. And so yeah. to me that's... Uh, you can at least potentially move Kappen into the left side, even though he's a right-handed shot. And Babcock tends to really love keeping people on the right, the correct right-hand right side. Right. Yep. Uh, but I, I think that it's more likely that they trade Kapanen for a defenseman to me. You know, if they needed to, they they look to, to make that move instead. I think that, well, Kapanen is playing really well. He's fast. And he can he can finish pretty decently. He's playing with Austin Matthews, and I think this is the same exact reason why the Leafs aren't willing to budge on this the six ish million to Nylander instead of the eight because they're going. The Oilers made a mistake giving Drysaitel eight and a half because Drysaitel made he did so well because he played with Connor McDavid. So we're not going to overpay for a player who is not the driver of the line. He's a excellent, fantastic compliment piece. That's why we're willing to pay you six and not only and not four and a half. So, uh, I I think that they 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 will resign William Nylander, but it might be to a three or four year deal or something. Like that. Okay. So, okay, let's move on to the back to the bottom this time of the Central Division, the St. Louis Blues, who everyone thought, man, this team's signing a bunch of you know Pat Maroon and Tyler Bozak and yeah, and they have really been struggling. Uh, their head coach had some words about that. Yeah, said he's pretty much on the hot seat. He came out and said it. And to me, this is what the St. Louis Blues lack more than anything else is confidence. Obviously, Ryan O'Reilly's a fantastic player. He's going to get his Tarasenko same. Those top guys are still going to produce. But when you lack confidence as a coach, your team sort of take every, – every coach's identity sort of rubs off on their team a little bit at some point during the season. Um and so I think with no confidence behind the bench, the team's going to lack that on the ice a little bit, and it's it's starting to show a little bit. Yeah, we know they're not the fastest team on the ice. That's there's no doubt about that. And I don't think there was any thought that they were going to be fast coming into the season. But the coaching issue, if 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 he thinks he's on the hot seat now, fire him, get him out of there, bring somebody in there right now. Don't waste time because if you get too deep into the season, it's lost. You can't fix it. Yeah, yeah, you can't lose. This and then season. more and than anything else, the goaltending is. Awful. Jake Allen, I to me, he's gotta go. Yeah. He he can't do it. Nope. Nope. Yep. They uh yes, they need to look elsewhere goaltending wise. Pat Maroon, nine games, no goals. Uh and really Tarasenko, only three goals through nine games, only shooting at seven point seven percent. I think that will change. One positive, David Perron continuing a point per game yes, right he now. Is. Nine points, five goals for Perron. Last year wasn't a fluke. So, but his shooting percentage is a little high, so yeah. But uh, yeah, St. Louis Blues. I think that they're. At, I don't think that they're at the bottom of this division when all is said and done. But definitely struggling so far with only two wins through nine games. Okay, the Dallas Stars, five, four, and zero, oh, and uh, sitting in sixth place in this division right now. What are your thoughts on the Sagan Ben team? Yeah, good team, good team. I like their team. But Spezza, little swagger back though. I'm I'm happy for this guy because he's in a contract year. So why not do it this year? I guess. Sure. Uh, maybe he could be Eric Stahl next year. Who knows? Um, 
Yeah, to me, more than anything else, they need some bottom line production. Um, the goal, t- Ben Bishop's been fine. I don't have a problem with the goaltending. Defense has been okay. Um, and like we, we, t- we talk about it, their top guys are phenomenal. Ben, Sagan, Radulov, those guys are going to be great. It's just that third and fourth line production that they're not really getting. They need it. Yeah, I mean, you, you like to see a guy like uh, Radic Fox that have more than a goal through nine games. A guy who's your really your second line centerman. Yep. And uh, to me, you're right. That's that's really the issue. Is this Dallas team has that Boston top line just a little bit a little lighter than that? A little lighter, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, other than that, they just nothing's been nothing's been going on just for called them. So Dallas Boston light. Yeah, I mean, no one, no one outside of Ben Klingberg, Radulov, and Sagan have more than two goals, and really only one, the only other guy with two goals is Jason Dickinson. Everyone else has one or less. So, I mean, that's that's really their to me their their big issue. Twenty eight goals through nine games. I mean, they're still getting three goals a game, but uh, they also have been scoring a lot in the games they win, and then there's other games where they go dry. So that's where sometimes looking at the team stats can be a little bit deceiving because who cares if you score nine goals in one game and you can't score the next game that's that's your uh that's your problem and you can't divvy up goals throughout each game uh the minnesota wild five two and two this division is unreal the fifth place team five two and two uh they have won four straight i believe that they are on the longest winning streak out of any team in the league they are and so the minnesota wild coming back Starting the season one two and two, now five two and two. Your thoughts? Yeah, no regulation loss at home either, so that always helps. Uh, special teams to me, the power play needs to get going for this team more than anything else. Um, well, I shouldn't say more than anything else, but um, there are some other issues. I mean, Eric Stahl only two goals through nine games. He's not at that forty goal pace, and I don't think he will be. I said at beginning of the season he's going to be a forty fifty point player at best. That's where I think he will end up. Um, but guys like Charlie Coyle. Um, you know, some of their other guys that they expect to need on need a rider. Um, they need those guys to produce a little bit more because they're getting great goaltending from Devin Dubnik. Their power play is dry. And I think if they can, you know, maybe get some production from those guys on the power play to help bolster everything, it would be a heck of a lot better team. Yeah. That power play 11.5% good for 27th in the league. So yeah, they're, they're definitely struggling and, uh, a penalty kill though pretty good 84.2%. So that that to me when you can when you can kill penalties at least if you have a bad power play it can it can offset a little bit, you know, yeah. if you're not giving up a whole lot. Boston did it. So. Yep, absolutely. Uh okay, let's move to the fourth place team, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh a team that many have winning this division 6-3 and 1 with 13 points. A nice 5-1 one and 1 record at home but 1 and 2 on the road. Uh, they will play on the road tonight against the Detroit Red Wings, so that'll probably improve to two and two. And uh, your thoughts on Patrick Laine so far this year? Yeah, only three goals through ten games. That's a uh, kind of a shocker, and, and five points. I mean, yeah, he's, five it's points. not like he's. It would be one thing if the guy's shooting a lot, and you know, people are putting in his rebounds or something. But yeah, and I'm not. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know what his percentage is playing with which center, but. Um, yeah, they need to figure out that second line center position a little bit more because yeah, Brian we know, Little mostly yeah yeah we know Shifley Connor and Wheeler that top line they produce they're doing pretty good uh, not hating on that one at all but Hollabuck needs to step it up a little bit more he was probably one of my top three favorites for the the Vesna going into the season 
uh, not so much right now. So yeah, uh, they need to they need to get somebody who can dish Liney the puck and and hopefully that'll that'll spur some production from him because four of his five points on the power play. So five on five is where it's at for him. Yeah, yeah, they definitely need that. Yeah, my, my Mark Shifley, maybe the best contract in the NHL. <laughs> and uh, he's, he is uh, proving to be a phenomenal player for the Jets. Okay, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, maybe the most surprising start out of any team, although there is a more surprising start in the Pacific Division. But uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, 6-2-2, two and two, and tied for second place with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, what is going on in Chicago? How are they doing this? Uh, guys that I did not expect to score are scoring. That's how they're doing it. And now they have, in my opinion, the the front runner for the Vesna Trophy if he continues at this pace. Corey Crawford is playing phenomenal hockey right now. And yeah, he's, he's keep it I up. mean, he was playing this way when he got hurt. He was, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, Jonathan Taves came out a couple days ago and he had this quote. He's like, if I had been, you know, not doing something for 10 months like Corey Crawford was, he's like, I would forget if I was right or left-handed. He's like, Corey Crawford comes back and he just remembers exactly what to do. No, just like you said, no break in his game at all. And so Taves, a guy who's producing way above and beyond what I expected him to produce. Even Brent Seabrook, six points for 10 games. It's phenomenal. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, a surprise, Dominic Cahoon coming in. And he's got uh, got seven points through 10 games as a centerman. I mean, this is his rookie year. So, and that's an unexpected. That's an Alex Dubrinkit from last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, Alex Dubrinkit and Patrick Kane just Sick. 17 goals between the two of them. Uh, they've been phenomenal. Now, the, the one, I guess the one concern would be besides Taves, Dubrinkit, and Kane, nobody has more than two goals. Uh, so, can they find offense from the rest of the team? Brandon Saad only with two goals through 10 games. Anisimov, one goal through 10 games. So, uh, they'll need to find something. And uh, like a guy like Chris Kunitz. Zero shots on goal. Uh, no, sorry, only eleven shots on goal. Through, zero uh, My through through ten <laughs> games. So basically one shot a game. And so you, yeah, you'd like to see a guy like Kunitz who should be in the position in and around the net getting those little garbage shots. Yeah, uh, you'd like to see him put one in. He has no goals through ten games. So uh, okay, let's move on to the third place team, uh, second place team, the Colorado Avalanche. You now in the Tampa Bay Colorado game. Who was who was it? Is it uh, who was the broadcaster for that? Dang it, I forget. But they uh, oh, it was Pierre Maguire saying it. I was about to say he said that this matchup is a potential Stanley Cup matchup. Stop, stop. And uh, that the Colorado Avalanche were a legitimate Stanley Cup contending team because of that Nathan McKinnon ranting in line. That is uh, that is phenomenal, uh, and because of Cal McCarr. That he's an un, you know he's the unknown defenseman who's going to take them to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Rantanen actually tied with Matthews and, and Bergeron for the lead in the league scoring uh, with 16 points, and Landis Cog with 12 points in 10 games. So that's a welcomed increase in points for Landis Cog. What what is uh, I mean? Do you agree with that? Do you think that they're are they a Stanley Cup contender? Are they close to it? Nope, nope, nope. No, no, no. Okay. They're a playoff contender. Don't get me wrong. They're going to probably be a playoff bubble team. They'll settle down a little bit because, you know, you look at Landis Gog, he's shooting at 25%. Uh, a lot of these guys, I mean, 
Nathan McKinnon, he's actually shooting at 18, Rottenen at 17. So that might dip a little bit, but the production's still going to be there from those guys regardless because that top line is phenomenal and one of my favorite to watch in the entire NHL. However, when you get past that, there's not a whole lot of production. Um, they do have some guys putting up some goals. I, JT Comfer has been pretty good. Um, but after that, their production is mostly from Tyson Barry and Eric Johnson and I, I don't know how long they can keep up, you know, because they're not like Boston where they have the pedigree and the veteran guys, you know, in the second and third line that can keep, you know, keep you in games and chipping every once in a while. You know, these are a lot of young guys, a lot of guys who, you know, haven't been there before who don't know how to produce. And so can they do it? I don't know. Uh, yeah. And also Colorado with the third best penalty kill right now. So that'll definitely, that helps. They got great goaltending too, which is your best penalty killer. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And well, it looked like Grubauer might take over that starting spot for Lamov. Maybe this is all he needed was a little fire, Mm -hmm. uh, which Which would still make the trade well worth it. So, yep. Absolutely. Well, they didn't really give up very much for it either. So, uh, and the Nashville Predators tops in the Central Division, tops in the NHL at eight and two through the first ten games. Uh, the Nashville Predators delivering exactly maybe how we thought they would, better than I thought they would actually. To be quite honest, um, you look at the stats on this team. Roman Yossi is the fourth. I'm sorry, yeah, the fourth highest scoring defenseman on that team, which you would think would change at some point, but sure. <laughs> they're they're getting production from everywhere. Yeah, uh, some rumors about Kyle Turris maybe being on the on the hot seat, and they're looking to to trade him. Not not exactly sure why. Always seems like Kyle Turris only lasts a couple years in a place, and for whatever reason, people rumors maybe it's start an flying. attitude personality that just yeah. clashes. You know, yeah, I don't know. But let's just say UC Saros, that guy to me is he looks like the best backup in hockey right now. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's. They've, they've been starting right down the middle, mm-hmm. five and five, and uh, both goalies with one loss. Rene with a, with a little better goaltending statistics in terms of save percentage and goals against, but uh, Soros just winning games, and that's that's what you want to see. Nashville, of course, well on their way to uh, potentially another another President's Trophy. Another Stanley Cup run, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go to probably the craziest division in the NHL right now, the Pacific Division. And the bottom feeders of that division, the slow as Ron Hainsey Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, no joke. You mean the worst division, by the way, too. I just do not like this division. I don't like talking bad about divisions. Okay, okay? Well, hey. Not behind their back. <laughs> At least give them a chance to defend themselves. Any team led by led in scoring by Alex Iafalo, seven points through ten games. Then Tyler Toffoli with six. Dowdy Kopitar, with six. No assists. Yeah, where, where's where's Kopitar? Where I mean, where's Kovalchuk supposed to be scoring these thirty goals they signed him for? Yeah, good luck with that. That's gonna and and like we talked about, we we wonder. We said you know he's not fast, and you're adding him to a team that's trying to get faster, but they can't get faster if they keep adding slower players to their roster. Right. And a guy like Jeff Carter comes has is finally healthy. Who's he's at least been okay. Uh, five points through 10 games. This team just, it looks like last year was people were coming in thinking the Kings were going to play the way they used to. And they didn't. Now everybody's going, Oh, the Kings are going to play like all of us. Okay. And they're just getting steamrolled. I think some of it is maybe they teams are looking at how the golden Knights handled them. Although 
Jonathan Quick played incredibly well in that series, didn't allow a lot of goals, but the Golden Knights controlled much of the play, and I think that maybe other teams are taking note. Uh, this doesn't look like the season where Drew Doughty wins the Norris. Yeah, uh, funny thing is, so Drew Doughty's contract, uh, full no-movement clause in the final year of the contract. So, Yeah, he's still a UFA right yeah, now, isn't he? So they can move him at any point they want to, but... Um, I don't, I don't see that happening anyways, but it, I'm sure at this point, maybe Drew Doughty's just slapping his head like, oh my gosh, what did I do? What did I sign up for? Because this team, it, they can't get faster. They got a lot of older pieces in there. For the next like three years, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, it always comes down to the power play, right? And you've got Los Angeles with the second worst power play in the NHL, second, o- second worst only to the Vegas Golden Knights, the only team not in double digits Percentage-wise, eight point eight percent. They only have three power play goals all year, and uh, that that kills you. I mean, there's you know, if you have a better power play and you're scoring at a better clip, maybe you have three or four more goals, and suddenly you're you're you might be a five hundred team. And so, uh, yeah, good luck. I don't know why I thought Drew Doughty was a UFA at the end of the year. He of course signed that massive deal. So, yeah, good luck there, Drew. Okay, uh, to the Arizona Coyotes. The four and five through nine games, not playing too bad. They have won two straight after starting at uh, two and five. This team may be coming into their own. Rick Tockett finally finding early season success. Yeah, goaltending's been good. Uh, expect a little bit more out of Antti Ratna, so maybe he can pick up his numbers just a little bit. Not that they're bad right now or anything. Uh, a healthy Alex Galchenyuk, though, is going to go a long way, in my opinion, because when you get a, a potential top six forward, coming to your team that can really produce you know 50 60 points in my opinion that's gonna that's gonna bolster that offense like it really needs right now and um yeah yeah i mean they i mean really the only guys scoring for them is christian fisher and clayton keller and yeah that's, that's pretty much uh, it. i mean they only have so they have 19 goals through nine games but they scored four goals against vancouver so through eight games they only had 15 goals so less than two goals a game this team has no offense and you know some i i guess maybe the idea is well if we play really good defensively then i guess we can kind of bore people to death and we can play this game <laughs> which is kind of what they need to do um darcy Kumper with some crazy stats right now yeah a nine five seven eight percentage so. you know i heard the other day too uh, i was reading this thing i think it was um what's his face i can never remember his name from tsn their big like trade rumor guy oh bob mckenzie no the other guy Gosh, what's his name? Darren Dreger. Yes. He said they were talking about the apparently it's been approved by the board of governors. Well, not approved, but it's been pretty much put in stone by the board of governors. When Seattle comes in, Arizona's moving to the central division. Ah, good luck to them. Yep. Salute you. Uh, you will be the uh, the Arizona, not the Arizona, uh, Tampa Bay Rays of, <laughs> of that division. Where maybe once every 15 years you have a good season. Yep. Um, Let's move on to the Vegas Golden Knights, a team that has struggled early. They're 4-4-1. They, despite only scoring 20 goals, uh, tied for third worst with the Red Wings, uh, they have managed to win four games. So this this team's still very much in the thick of things. One win puts them into second in the division. So... uh, but goal goal scoring has been a problem. It is. It, that's the biggest problem. Jonathan Marshall, five goals, five assists through nine games. Not bad. 
But William Carlson, two goals. He's not on pace for 40 goals. Like I said, he was going to drop no. off. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, a, he's not even on pace for 20 goals, which I think no. is is maybe he's not playing to the level where he can. I think he's probably in that 25 to 30 goal range when all is said and done. Yeah. But I, I think the biggest problem right now for this team, they need to get uh, a healthy Paul Stasny back in to play with. And um, Nick Schultz signed to a big deal. Yes. Yeah. Too big of a deal to me for what he what he's shown so far. But yeah. yeah. He's signed to a big deal. Uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights is have they just did they just play so far over their head last year, and it was this magical thing, and now really this this is about where this team should be is somewhere in the they're not awful they they should be in the playoff picture for a little while, but ultimately if they get into the playoffs, it's by the skin of their teeth and by going on a nice run, but don't expect them to make the playoffs. Is that, is that kind of where you land? Or do you think that yeah. this team can make the playoffs? I still think they're a two, three team. I mean, I put them in second place for this division. I still think that's more than possible because this division isn't really that good. Uh, everybody is kind of floating, treading water at for 500 right now. And so only um, one team in this division has scored more goals than they've allowed. Okay, yeah. Thank you, San Jose. So, um, yeah, so if, if Marc-Andre Fleury can write the back the ship a little bit on that back end in net and they can score a few more goals up front, they should be fine for second or third place, which is where ultimately I think they finish. Yes, yeah, so a 7.1% on the power play for the Vegas Golden Knights. Ouch. That will improve. I mean, there's just no way that doesn't improve. Yeah. That would be the worst power play of all time, I think. So <laughs> you'll see that improve, and that will surely improve their numbers. Okay, the Edmonton Oilers, they're flirting with a playoff spot at this point. They're 4-3-1 and one through eight games. Uh, they, you know, they've, they've played the least amount of games in this division, so really they'd probably be higher in the division. But uh, the Oilers' season so far, what are your thoughts? Uh, Connor McDavid is freaking phenomenal. Let's just, that, that's it. Oh, that's okay. It. All right. That's uh, unique. Yep. <laughs> Very unique analysis. Uh, Milan Lucic, despite he has three points through eight games, but he, he does look like he's being used a little better. Yes, I will agree uh, with that. Third line minutes, that's and, what he needs to be. Right, and being put into a position where he can he goes to the net, and that that's where he's good. That's where he's good. So I, I think that Milan Lucic, well, he's not going to have 60 points, maybe has a season where he's – if he's at 35 or 40 points – you're pretty happy as an Edmonton Oilers fan. Uh, Nugent Hopkins has been a a breath of fresh air on that power play. He's been he's been fantastic. Uh, I guess you want to see a guy like I mean Adam Larson produce a little more. Well, Yamamoto, Tyretti, those are two guys that I would hope could produce a little bit more because they need somebody who can solidify a right wing position. Yeah, and, and Jesse Playarvi hasn't looked great, and and Ryan Strom no points through eight games. Uh, Zach Cassian, he's been benched. He only he's only played five games. He has no points. I think it, that's the problem. Really, is your depth. And eventually, usually players dry up, but Connor McDavid will not dry up. So, nope. I do you think when you look at the standings, this to me seems like where they'll be all year, somewhere in the, between four and five, yep. hovering and competing with the Calgary and an Anaheim all year to see who ends up finishing in that playoff spot. Uh, let's go to the Calgary Flames, who have been 5-5, five and five, right? Straight down the middle, except for in their last game. They, uh, they solidified themselves as one of the uh, worst defensive teams, allowing nine goals to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So let's throw that game out because that's just ridiculous. And uh, overall, though, your thoughts on the Calgary Flames? They're playing all right. They're playing about where I expected them to play, to be quite honest. I figured they would 
it would be in third, fourth place, somewhere around that, a bubble team. Um, so they're they're right there. Yeah, they need to figure out how James Neal fits into this team because yep. he's been shuffled around. No power play points for James Neal through 10 games. Uh, and when you look at uh, Elias Lindholm, though, has been a nice surprise. Uh, I, I don't think you didn't expect Lindholm to play well, but right now on pace for about 70 points, yeah. that would be... That would change the Flames' makeup completely if if he was able to be that type of player. Um, when you look at power play points, you've got Goudreau and Kachuk at five, Lindholm and Monahan at three, and Giordano at one, and that is it. So the Calgary Flames twenty fourth in the league on the power play, and that just ultimately you're going to sit right where they are unless that second unit can figure out something. And to me, James Neal is a big part of that. Yep, and I, I think a lot of it, too, goes to the point where you, production for, for your offense starts at the back end. You know, especially on a lot of power plays now, you see where, you know, they have to move the puck around a lot. You need guys that can shoot from the back end. And right now, they're just not getting it. So they get a little bit more production from their defensive guys. Um, outside of Giordano, you know, maybe maybe right. those numbers go up, other guys go up, and then... You know, this team looks a little bit better. And goaltending, David Riddich, 2-1, three games started, 237 goals against, and a 9-3-3 save percentage. Much better than Mike Smith's 8-6-6 save percentage. Maybe a goaltending a little, controversy there. Yeah, uh, they're, they're going to start splitting time until one of them gets super hot. Because I think Mike Smith's numbers were below par, but I think they just got a little bit worse after last night. Fair enough. And letting in a lot of goals against the Penguins does not help your numbers. Uh, The Ducks, a team that has just been trying to hang on until Daddy gets back. Until Daddy gets back. (laughs) Uh, Their leading goal scorer, Jacob Jacob Silverberg, seven points in six games. That says it all about their offense. The guy that played six games leads your team in scoring. what is what is this team going to do? Are they in a position to where, you know? Well, let's just talk about John Gibson because I know that's yeah, what he you is, want to talk about. He is my uh, my other choice for Vesna right now between uh, him and Ryan Miller, yes. who's also been so great. good, so good. Yeah, uh, love that goaltending duel. I I can't can't knock it. That's that's the one bright spot for me. Um, like you said, they're they're treading water till Daddy gets home. Uh, Ryan gets laughing. Yes, for those who don't know. Uh, I did see, I believe it was on 31 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman's publication, that uh, the Ducks right now, with their shot differential, I think it was something like 23-point-something goals uh, per game four and 37 or 38 against per game so far this season, would be the worst since, do you know what team? Maybe a Colorado? The 1974-75 Washington Capitals, who won how many games? Four games. Eight. Eight, that's it. Eight yeah. <laughs> all year. And how many did they win on the road? One. One. Worst defensive team, worst offensive team, worst power play, worst penalty kill. Like, this team has every record. They were just god-awful. They did not get the nice little advantages that a Vegas Golden Knights gets when they come into the league. <laughs> they were terrible. So if the Ducks continue this streak... And John Gibson continues to play at a 940 save percentage. Uh, he will win the Vesna, despite maybe not even being a playoff team. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go to the San Jose Sharks, who are the one 
darling of this division because they are actually good. Uh, they are sitting at a what? What was it? Five and three right now. Yeah, and that's with Martin Just Jones at a five, three, and one. 900 save percentage. Yeah, Martin Jones not playing great. The Sharks struggled early on. Their power play didn't look good early, and they're, they're starting to figure it out. I think now they are starting to put Brent Burns and, and Eric Carlson on the same power play, and suddenly it's like, yeah, duh, that's what NHL 19 would tell you to do. You would put <laughs> them on there, and so that's what you got to do. You got to listen to the game. I mean, they predict who's going to win the Stanley Cup every yeah. year, right? So. Eric Carlson, a team, wor- team worst minus seven. Uh, he's ninth on the team in scoring, which is kind of shocking. I don't see that lasting for too long. No, no. Yeah. Uh, one thing Sharks do lead the league in, goals for on the shorthandedness. I don't know why I said it like that. Who shorthanded goals. Four, <laughs> four shorthanded goals through uh, through nine games. So that's pretty nice. That's a, yeah, that's definitely something. If you can continue scoring shorthanded throughout the entire year uh you will be in a good position that's just a great way to shift momentum i'll never forget i think it was john madden has the record for most uh not the not the football broadcaster but florida panthers <laughs> employee at this time but after the new jersey devils in his rookie season i think he had six shorthanded goals in his rookie year and it was the most shorthanded goals by a rookie in a, in a season or something it's like pretty that. good and uh i just remember when he was on the ice, and it was back when ESPN was doing hockey, and they would always, oh, John Madden's on the ice, shorthanded, can always get a goal. And really, other teams were thinking about the fact that he could score goals shorthanded. He was fast at the time and uh, and, and pretty sneaky. And so that's uh, certainly a real threat. If a team can score shorthanded, you have to be thinking about that on your power play, which can only help your penalty kill, which uh, they are also ranked quite high. Uh, let's talk about the top team in the Pacific Division. The biggest surprise. Led by Elias Peterson, who's hurt right now, but uh, they, but they continue to win. Uh, Bo Horvat leading the way, nine points in 11 games. The Van freaking Coover Canucks. Yeah, this team's going to come back down to earth real quick, in my opinion. Real quick. Uh, yeah, because, okay, there are two top goal scorers, Elias Peterson, Bo Horvat. Horvat with seven, Peterson with five goals through five games. Peterson shooting at 38%. Bo Horvat, 25%. Those numbers are going to easily drop at some point here in the yeah, next couple Brock weeks. Yeah, but Brock Besser's only shooting at a nine and a half. Right. That and will come up a little bit. I, I think that'll probably come up another seven, eight points. And Erickson has no goals. Louis Erickson, you know, best, most underrated player in the NHL. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. 2009. Uh, yeah. Boston Bruins. Okay. Um, yeah. So those guys, their their numbers are going to come down a little bit. Um, Elias Peterson, I think he's still going to be phenomenal. And in fact, he probably right now looks like the front runner if he comes back healthy soon for maybe the Calder. Yeah, it would be nice to get him back because he was scoring highlight goals and was looking really good creating offense for himself, and I think that that's um, what stood out about him. But yeah, Goaltending hasn't been too bad either, which is what they really need right now. I think uh, both goalies sitting around like a 9-10, 9-11. Yeah, 9-11 and 9-12 between the two of them. So you keep rotating those guys, they're going to give you good enough goaltending to compete. Yeah, and, and Peterson sounds like he'll be uh, he'll be back somewhat soon. He's going to miss his sixth game. Yeah. The team's being really cautious, which he, like it makes sense. He's so young, and this team isn't isn't looking to make the play. I mean, they, I'm sure they'd love to make the playoffs, but I don't think they expect you have to, to make, make long term. Exactly, so they won't rush him back. Okay, that's 31 teams. We did it. 
Nice work. Made it all the way through. Yeah. Didn't yeah. take too long either. No, good stuff. Uh, well, we will be we will be back next week, and next week we will everything will be back to normal. I'm not going out of town. Justin's not going out of town, and you know life is just gonna stay just like how it is, except for the fact that I'll be planning a wedding for the next six months. So there you go. Yeah, for those that who doesn't don't know, take a lot of time. Right? Mark got engaged. You know, so. you don't have to do a lot. No, not at all. You no. just order some cupcakes, and you're good to go. Perfect. That sounds excellent. All right. Well, this has been OT Hockey Talks. Uh, you know, whatever our uh, our every team in the NHL hot seat episode. Uh, I don't know. We come up with a better title. All right. <laughs> our our listeners, we need you to come up with a better title for this because thirty one thoughts is taken. You know, I came up with that in my sleep last night and realized that somebody had already taken it. Uh, and yeah, you can hit us up on Twitter uh, if you want to. You know, give us that suggestion at OT Hockey Talk. We'll be back early next week. We'll talk to you very soon. Peace out. Enjoy the games this weekend.